Welcome back to the Stick 'em Up podcast. Brundy, what do we got going on this week? Oh, we we got a lot. We got a lot of stuff that's that's on the agenda. Couple highs for some teams, couple lows. Uh, probably a few teams we're going to make fun of, some teams are going to praise. We we got a lot to to talk about here. Absolutely. There's there's a lot of teams doing really well and really bad right now for a number of reasons. Where 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 do we want to start? Do we want to start on the highs or the lows? Um, I'll, if you don't mind, I'll start with a, a high real quick. I guess it's yeah. a low for somebody. Um, but Vasilevsky is back. He's been back for almost a week now. And his first game back, the Lightning beat the Hurricanes 8-2. to two. Yeah. And, and it's, it's easy to forget. This was a 3-2 game going into the third period. But the beyond the score, the real story was the shots on goal. Tampa won eight to two with only fourteen shots on net. And the, so, it, the funny thing is, is Carolina tweeted out after because like Carolina loves to just throw whatever shit they want on Twitter. They've got a pretty decent Twitter it, game, they, but they got ripped hard because they tweeted after the first period saying we have as many goals as Tampa Bay has shots. Yeah, and then we had Carolina just got, just got throttled after that. Yeah. So it was it used to be a tie for the team with the uh, whatever you want to call it, one team having the best shooting percentage, shooting percentage versus yeah. the other team having the worst save percentage, both being at 50 or 500. There have been two times in NHL history. Once was Detroit in 91. Once was Minnesota in 84, back when they were the North Stars, where those teams had a 50% shooting percentage. Tampa Bay yeah. beat that with a 57% shooting percentage. Yeah. R- R- Ranta took a beating that game. And I'm honestly, actually... he did not play that horribly. Like, five of our eight goals are, like, freaking nasty. Like, just snipes, cross-crease, one-timers, like... I, and I was, it's funny because I was literally talking to someone earlier today about Carolina. Like, at, at this point in the season, if you had to list out, say, your, your top, I would say probably top 10, uh, like, contenders for the Stanley Cup, I don't even have Carolina even smelling that list. Yeah, they've been weirdly right. not great but, so far. But the, the thing with them is very similar to Edmonton. They have zero goaltending. Like, absolute awful. Like, they, and it's not even, it's not even like Edmonton where you can be like, oh, you know, the the defense are are terrible forwards and open out. Like, they're they're allowing the least amount of shots out of any team in the league. Like, they're averaging only 25.3 shots against per game, but they're like, they're allowing 3.24 against per game. Like, their goalie is just, aren't getting it done between all, all three of their goalies. Um, Ranta, uh, Kot- how do you pronounce it? Uh, Kochetkov. Kochetkov and Anderson. Like all, all of them have played at least six games. They've all got below 900 save percentages. Like their, their goalies just aren't getting it done right now. And until they can figure that situation out, I, I don't think they're really a, a legit contender right now. Yeah, it's, it's, tough to watch because like 
like I said, you know, we we won eight to two. It's easy to say we stomped them. They are they held us to fourteen shots in a game. Like, yeah, they, well, then, they played a good game. And then even tonight, they lost to the Islanders five to four, and in overtime, and they outshot the Islanders forty three to sixteen. They held them to sixteen shots, and and that's the Islanders. Did they let in five? Like five. You let the Islanders score five goals on sixteen shots. A team that's usually winning game lower scoring games. Yeah, like it's it's just it's not it's not going well for them. To shake that uh, that reputation a bit with uh, being a year or two removed from Barry Trotz being their coach, but they're they're slowly but they're getting out of out of the but. They are still a bit of a defensive team, but they, yeah. their offense is clearly coming out of their shell a bit more. Barzell's doing better. Yeah, yeah, Barzell is, is doing much better. Him and Bo Horvat are getting that uh, that that chemistry back that we kind of saw at the kind of beginning of uh, of last year um, when when Bo was traded there. Um, and honestly, even speaking of. Bo Horvat and the Canucks. We we got some Canucks news to talk about here now. Yeah, we do. Um, before we move on, I just want to shout out uh, Kucherov's uh, six point night on that eight two victory. But he was on the ice for all eight of those goals, which is wild. Um, yeah, that team is is like the, the the Lightning are really. I mean, he he's he's their guy. Like yeah. there's you like he's good. They've got other good players, but it's like that when you think of the Tampa Bay Lightning now, like it's it's Kucherov and and Cast. Like, and that's not to say Braden Point's not good, Stamkos and Hedman, but it's like they live by Kucherov, they die by him. Like he's yeah that 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 core right at him. Those guys could step up if they had to, but none of them have to be the guy who sets up all the plays because it just comes so naturally to him. It's. It's so mm-hmm. fun to watch him on the ice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do we want to move into the Vancouver news? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, which, I mean, I guess start with the first one. Uh, Anthony Beauvillier was traded to the Chicago Blackhawks for a fifth round pick. Um, I believe it's a 2023 fifth. Oh, yes. Yeah, it is. Because that... Year. Yeah, because that fifth was then used in the trade today where they traded a fifth and then a 2026 third to the Calgary Flames for Nikita Zadorov. And funny enough, I'm I'm not 100% sure. Um, it, it, like, I don't know exactly what, what the plan is with Zadorov. If he, like, I know if the Canucks played tonight in Vancouver against Vegas. Obviously, Zadorov didn't play in that. And the Canucks' next game is uh, on Saturday in Calgary, so that'll kind of that'll be Zadorov's oh. first game with the Canucks. It'll be in oh, Calgary, man. so I'm not sure if he's if he's even flying out to Vancouver to join the team or if he's just staying well, in Calgary. And it's like as well just stay join here, us right? when. Yeah, like I don't, I don't. I'm, I'm assuming. Well, obviously the Canucks will be flying out to Calgary tomorrow, so I think it's just kick your feet up at home and join us when we get there, type of thing. They couldn't have I mean, waited I love, two days I love that, to make that trade. The Dorov trade, though, for for Vancouver. Absolutely. I mean, they gave up almost nothing. Uh, very few fifth rounders become NHL players, and even less become great NHL players. Third rounders are a bit better, but like even third and seconds are pretty inconsistent. So yeah, 
Like you're you're not giving up much for a guy that you know can be a serviceable NHL defenseman. Um, yeah. Was that the same fifth that they got from Chicago, or did they give yeah. them their fifth? Okay. Yeah. And so, so I don't like to like I'm not going to include Zadorov as a part of this because there's a whole additional third round pick, which is obviously the the big centerpiece for Cal for Calgary in this trade that they got. When you look at it now with Beauvillier traded, the Canucks essentially traded Bo Horvat for Philip uh, Hronik. And then you can include um, Atu Ratu in there. Uh, He's, 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 he's doing all right in the AHL, but I think he's, he's, he's struggling um, to make the Canucks team. At this point, but now when you look at it, like Bovillier is gone, they flipped that first for Hronik. So you basically kind of for the Canucks, you traded um, Bo Horvat for Philip Hronik and and Ratu. Now is what that trade looks like. So really, I guess that's looking like a pretty honestly a pretty fair deal still for both teams. Yeah. I think because looks pretty good for Vancouver. If I'm honest, I mean Horvat's great, but. Hronik's I think it, been it's, on it's fire just a this win, year. It's just a win-win trade for both teams. Like Bo Horvat's yeah. doing exactly what he's supposed to do with the Islanders. Like he's got 16 points in 21 games. I mean, great defensively. Like he's also got that to his game. And then, yeah, like Philip Pronick going to the Canucks. Like he's great piece beside Quinn Hughes. He's, he's been, yeah. And that, and that's exactly, that was the piece that they needed that guy that they could put beside Quinn Hughes mm-hmm. and can allow Hughes to reach that next level. So um, it's kind of interesting though, that, Bovilli didn't get more of a chance with the Canucks. I felt like he came in last year and looked really good. And then to start the season, he just never really was given that same chance that he got last year. They kind of already seemed to have their minds made up of like, you're not part of our, you know, group moving forward. So they, it almost seemed like they were just kind of waiting for the opportunity to trade him. And obviously with Corey Perry now, no longer with the Blackhawks, he saw the perfect opportunity to, to ship them off to the Blackhawks and, and get a fifth back that they could use to flip for a part of their package for Zadorov. Yeah. Um, on that note with Chicago, do we want to jump into the Corey Perry news? Um, I just want to go back to quickly just to the Zadorov sure. thing. So wh- what I found really weird is I've like, f- for a, quite a while now watching Flames games, like the broadcasting is always like talking about how good Zadorov is, how much he means to this team, like all these great things about him. The moment he's traded, complete switch up for them. Like they act like he's he's nothing. They were saying like, oh, I don't think this deal is as bad for the Flames as people think. Like Zadorov's a bottom pairing defenseman. That's that's all he is. He's his cap hit isn't great and all this. I'm like, yeah, fuck. He just got traded and they're immediately acting like he. He wasn't this great defenseman for them for the last couple of years that really kind of reached a new level offensively, but was still a a beast in his own end and a big body that wasn't afraid to block shots, hit, fight. Like he 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 kind of did it all. So it was just very weird to see how quickly they they switched on him now that he was no longer part of the team. Yeah, it always sucks when uh when you hear guys on the announced team being like, you know whenever they talk about a guy they're like this guy is a heart and soul guy leaves it all on the ice every shift and then he and then they'll get traded and they'll be like i just wasn't working out here uh the team just had to move on and stuff like that and it's like 
Yeah. You know, it's... I, I'm glad that I've never heard that said about any players Tampa's traded. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much every time it ever gets brought up. Over the past few years, you know, we play Calgary and they talk about Coleman. Uh, Seattle, the, uh, Gord, you know, Corey Perry in Chicago. Uh, happened just the other day with Ross Colton in uh, Colorado. Uh, the the announcers are always just like, I mean, it's the salary cap. They wanted to keep them and they couldn't. And yeah, as a fan, that's really all I want to hear because that's just the truth of it. But like, because like nobody wants to hear that. Like, yeah, they didn't want they didn't want them anymore. And then you're sitting there in your jersey with their name on it, and you're like, well, that, that fucking sucks, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. Um, but yeah, with with that, I mean. We'll go to Chicago. Obviously, got to discuss the Corey Perry situation that that's unfolded there. Uh, I don't. I don't even know where we're at in the whole saga of it. Like, I think the Blackhawks are just a messy organization through and through. It's yeah. Did you see Corey Perry's uh, public statement I, today? I did. I don't see why he had to. Honestly. Because as far as we like, we don't know what he did. So I feel like he's basically just apologizing, like just because. Because as far like we don't know what he did, and obviously we know all those rumors that are flying around about Badarna's family. Like we we know that's not right. true. Uh, like that was obviously never never what happened. Like we know yeah. it's it's. Do you mind like if I just lay out some of the uh, some of the info we do know on this? Yeah, like as far as I know, it's it just involved a. A staff member. Yeah. So, what has been said by both uh, the camps of Corey Perry and the Blackhawks organization um, is that it was not an NHL rule. It was a organization-specific uh, workplace. I don't know if it was a rule or just they decided they didn't like it, but uh, they said it. Whatever he did was non-criminal, so that's good. It didn't uh, include any of the players or their families uh, in any capacity. Um, And Corey Perry has entered the NHL. Actually, I don't know if he did enter the the players assistance program, but he said he is uh, talking to professionals, which is interesting that he didn't join the leagues, but he's talking to professionals and getting help for uh, alcohol abuse. We'll, we'll get into the leagues thing at, at one point um, after this, th- their whole player assistance program. Yeah. But, but he, the thing uh, I feel, yeah. The thing I feel about it is like, so first of all, if say it was one of their younger, better prospects who did the exact same thing Corey Perry did, I don't feel like the Blackhawks get rid of him. I feel like it's just, I feel like it's because Perry's like near the end of his career and whatnot. He, they feel like they can just do it. He's exactly. on a one-year, four-mil deal. Is that is this now going to set a precedent in the league where you've you've got a guy and it's like, hey, we didn't like what you did. We're just going to terminate your contract. Like it's again, it's it's he didn't do anything that goes against like it wasn't illegal. It didn't go against NHL set guidelines or anything. It was just something the Blackhawks didn't like. And I don't feel like that should be enough to again. We don't know what he did, but the Blackhawks are not being transparent and not putting out what is there again i don't know if that's you know they're not allowed to but again if it's not criminal i think 
I imagine they don't want it out just as much as Corey Perry probably doesn't want it out there. Like, I think Perry's probably happy with it staying at us speculating and it just being a drunken mishap and not knowing the very specific. No team will sign him if they don't know the specifics. Like, that's probably the end of his I mean, I mean, if it wasn't, I mean, why wouldn't you? If it's not, if it's non, if it's non-criminal, and of course, if he's willing to sign it, you know, has, you know, gone out of his rehab or whatever he's uh, doing to improve. Um, if you can get him for eight hundred k right before the playoffs, like, why wouldn't you? I just don't think teams will take that risk now, having that that unknown of of what he may or may not have done. I just don't think in this day and age, teams are willing to to take that risk. Uh, after, uh, after some of the things I've seen, I think you might be giving a couple of the teams too much credit. I mean, who is, who is, uh, the guy that, um, Boston signed and then had to buy out the other year that everyone well, and, and knew was going to be a problem. That's the thing though. Like I, I think now that once they saw that, that backlash and the other teams mm, saw it, I think fair. teams are now being like, we got to be fully paying attention to what we're doing and, and knowing what what the outcomes may be, and I think that's again, it's just I feel like that's just the way it goes now. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see now, like, are more teams going to take that approach to just being like, we don't like what you did. It's not not illegal. It's not against what the NHL stands for, or anything. But we didn't like it, so see you later. It, like, it's, the the it is important to note the teams can't just terminate a contract. That's not how it works. That mm-hmm. it has to be not only mutual on both sides, but also um, the player has the players' union behind them. Yeah. And so the Corey Perry currently, he either has 60 or 59 days left to file a grievance with his thing. So even yeah. if, you know, obviously he's probably not going to try and not only fight it, but like get back into the lineup. Like obviously he would be a scratch or something if it yeah. did get upheld, but... You know, he's. We're about a quarter of the way through the season. It's a four million dollar contract. If he feels it's unfair for them to completely void his contract, and he wants to fight for that three mil, I could see it happening. Well, and that's why I think you you're right when it's 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 pro. I think it's probably Corey Perry doesn't want to doesn't want it to come out what happened. I think that I kind of think that's probably the biggest thing is it's Corey Perry's more so like you know what. I'll agree to have my contract terminated and, you know, I won't file anything out. We'll just go our separate ways, but let's just not, uh, let's just not release what happened. Let's just kind of go our separate ways from here. I'm wondering how bad it is. I'm wondering if it was just like a little bad, but like Chicago is just so afraid of any bad PR right now that they're just cutting them loose and not even taking the chance. Well, and the thing is now is that because they're not going to, and and their GM, uh, I think it's Kyle Davidson. Kyle Davis, yeah. He he said that they're not going to, yeah. There we go. Yeah. He um, said like, we're not going to, he basically said like, we're not going to say what happened. And then he discredited um, all those rumors about Bedard and his family, but it's like, if you're not telling us, those rumors are going to keep happening. And like, it's already like, look now what's, what's happened to their, their franchise. Probably like McDavid didn't go through this shit in Edmonton. Crosby didn't go through this shit in Pittsburgh. Like 
Bedard hasn't even gotten 20 games into his rookie season and he's already having this happen in Chicago. It's just like, yeah. it's just a bad look for the team. Um, and again, a, a team that's so messy, like it's just em- embarrassing to, for them as an NHL franchise. Probably, I, guess, I can't even can't, imagine how tough hold it is for Bedard and his family. We can't hold it against him too much for the rumors going around because of Twitter trolls, right? Like, Wait, how many people out there actually genuinely believed that it had anything to do with Bedard's family? Like, and that's the thing is like it, that's the world nowadays. It's likely like a lot like, of people that are are believing it because of all the fake stuff that's been made up to be like, oh, here's proof of it, and that's yeah. the tough part about today's day and age is Photoshop and and all these other things that anything can can be made to look real. So, yeah. But but again, that's again that's just one of the things we talked about before. It's like Chicago or Bedard going to Chicago. Like, what's going on? Like, it, it didn't even take twenty games for for a mess like this to happen. So, yeah, it'll be uh, interesting. And I, for one, hope to see Corey Perry back in the NHL, and I do think he will be back at some point. It sounds like he's really not wanting to hang them up. Um, so I hope mm-hmm. he gets the help he needs uh, in whatever form that is. And and, and you know what? Maybe if, maybe if, you know, there's a team that's maybe interested him, maybe he'll be comfortable just telling this team, like, hey, can, I'll, I'll tell you what happened and can we keep it between us? And maybe that will allow, you know, a team to take a chance on him and bring him in. If yeah. it's like, we don't have to make it public what I did, but I'll tell you guys so you guys know, and then you guys can can go from there and decide if if I'm if you're willing to to bring me in. Yeah, but it, uh, yeah, he's not joining. He's had players. a alcohol abuse problem for yeah. a while now, for several years. So I yeah. I'm wondering if it's not something horrible, but just you know, kind of he reached a new low, kind of thing. And he, you know, maybe he's the one who went to the Blackhawks and was like, this is a problem. Who knows? But But yeah, he is, he isn't joining the, well, he hasn't at least joined um, the player's assistance program. Um, I feel like maybe it's a bit easier for him now that he doesn't have a contract. Like I know we've, um, I don't, I don't know how many people out there have listened to, but uh, former NHL goalie, Scott Darling, he entered the player's assistance program and he fucking hates it. Yeah. He said, if you're ever going through this type of stuff, go and do it on your own. Don't go through there because he says, and I, I'm, I don't know the exact words he used, but it was basically like they twist stuff on you. They, and then he was very upset. If, if, if you're a guy that's like on a bad contract, like that they're going to try and find a way to, you know, take you out of your contract and end it. Like, and he, he said, it's just, it's the way that they handle it and the stuff they put the player through during it for their actual playing career. He said, it's just not healthy. It's not right. So he strongly urges anyone to, um, to, to do it themselves and, and go to, to somewhere outside of the league. I do think it's, it's very important to note that that is a very common sentiment in all circles similar to this. When people get sent to rehab, you know, the whole point is you're taking away a lot of their freedoms to try and get them clean. And, you know, 
they some guys you know they're not allowed access to certain things a lot of the guys have their phones taken away for a long time yeah. and i know one thing scott darling was saying was that you know it felt that he was like they it felt like they were threatening me with my contract but in reality i wonder if it was just those people working there going listen we legally cannot hold you hostage here but if you leave this mandated player assistance program like without doing the proper process then that might void your contract so mm-hmm. it it's it's a very tough situation because you know it it's america right it it could yeah. be an entirely fucked up si- situation he could have been in a really bad facility or something uh, yeah or he could just be looking back at it going man that felt like hell but the people were just trying to help him so it's really hard to know you know which well, I feel way like if he had that mindset of that they were he was like to tell their trauma I don't feel like he would bash it as much as he did yeah like I, I feel and, and again there's obviously a whole lot more to that situation we don't exactly know what he went through there or mm-hmm. or any of that Let's let's move away from from all that now. I I hate talking about Chicago. Yeah. Uh, what what do we got next? Um, here? um if you want to bring uh find something else to bring up, I'll take uh, about a minute just to talk about uh, linesman Tyson Baker. If you have not seen the video yet, I definitely recommend you go YouTube it, search it out. Um. Uh, that's le- linesman Tyson Baker dove to the ice to protect uh, Dennis Gilbert's head at the end of a mm-hmm. fight. Uh, it was a Calgary Flames versus, I want to say, Nashville? Yeah, uh, I, I believe so. I know it was the Flames. And uh, basically, these two guys are fighting and, you know, hockey fight. At the end, uh, Gilbert's helmet is off and he starts going down and this linesman dives in and gets his hand under his head right before it hits the ice and just great situational awareness. Like he would have absolutely smashed his head off the ice and that would have been really hard to watch uh, if he didn't. So just uh, stick taps for Tyson Baker out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, One thing I want to mention, because I think this is just hilarious for multiple reasons. Um, If you're a Toronto fan, plug your ears. The Toronto Maple Leafs, ready for this? You're, I know you're going to love this. The Toronto Maple Leafs have as many regulation wins this season as the San Jose Sharks at five apiece. Which is, oh. is, is, is pretty tough. Like, that's tough for them. I mean, that's obviously tough. the Maple Leafs. And it was funny because I actually tweeted, um, I tweeted that out. Yeah. Because um, someone was... Post posted a thing about Toronto, and I was just like, "Don't let this distract you from the fact that uh, the Maple Leafs have as many regulation wins as the Sharks." And then a Toronto fan replied and said, "Yeah, but where are they at in the standings?" I'm like, "You're just further proving my point. Like the Maple Leafs have 27 points, the Sharks have 12, but the same amount of regulation wins. So like Toronto's having to win a lot of games in overtime and shootouts, and yeah. and those are all very." games that they could very easily could be the opposite and they lose like it's it's not like the least we've seen before where they're not only winning but like they're they're dominating in some the games Leafs really... have been dominant for the past three or four years we're not seeing that right now yeah this yeah. is the weakest um, they've looked in a bit for sure and then it's i i just love seeing 
Toronto fans uh, bitching and complaining right now. So obviously <laughs> Patrick Kane signed with the Detroit Red Wings on a one-year deal, just a little bit under $3 million. And it's so funny to see Leafs fans, like they've already flipped on Ryan Reeves. Like he's, he's oh, not yeah. very well liked by the fan base. And so many Leafs fans are saying, man, if we didn't sign Ryan Reeves, we would have had enough money to sign Kane. And imagine Kane on our roster. It's like Kane didn't want to go to Toronto. Like Toronto was literally the very first team that got crossed off the list. Yeah, he's he's an American guy. He's always yeah. played in America. I can't imagine. Toronto does not look like a team that's poised to win the cup right now. I can't imagine he was going to say, I'm going to take my chances going to Canada and and not only for that, this team that looks middling right now there that's that the wasn't money gonna happen in taxes like they would have to give him like a million dollars more than what detroit gave him for the money to be even that he's getting yeah but I, I always just find it so funny how any like any time there is a, a big name free agent or a guy available for trade it's always like oh toronto's gonna get him yeah. toronto's Toronto pushing and vegas like, are always in the in the mix yeah. for every free and agent Leafs fans get all cranky when it doesn't happen. It's like how you can't expect to get every, like not everybody wants to go to Toronto. Like at this point in Kane's career, why would he want to go to Toronto and be, have media shoved in his face all the time, have to deal with interviews after every practice and game and bus ride and whatnot. Like where he could go to Detroit, where he wanted to be reunited with the kid. He can, you know, he. I mean, he's still going to have to face the media, but it's nowhere near as crazy as the Toronto media. And I don't even, I like, I think the, De- the Detroit Red Wings are as good of a team as the Leafs, which is, is crazy yeah. to say, but it's on paper, wild, but it's on paper, right Toronto should, should be better. But the Red Wings are, I mean, they each have, they're tied in points. Like it's, it's, it's right there. So Patrick Kane signs with the Red Wings. Um, Daniel Sprong gives up his number 88 for Patrick Kane. Yeah, classy move. He didn't have to do that. And I don't think Kane do you think he did? made him. Do you th- like, I bet he would have either way. But do you think it was his idea? Or do you think before Yeiserman even announced to the public that the deal happened, Yeiserman called in and said, hey, you're going to give up 88 for this guy. No, I think that was all all sprung. We okay. and we've seen it before with multiple players when they go there. Like, oh yeah, plenty of players. This is not the first time it's happened. No, but it's like sometimes you'll see it where I can't remember. I know there was there was one. I can't remember who it was, but it was like he. I think he gave him like a Rolex or something, or took him out to like the fanciest restaurant in town or something. It's like a, yeah. a thank you, kind of like a trade type of thing. I think uh, so, I, I think, think the Rolex is like the standard for. The veteran yeah. coming in and get he keeps his number and the young guy gets a Rolex. I, and you I know feel what? like I've heard maybe, that a couple times. Maybe that's what, what Kane will do. But I think it was Sprong's decision. Like he probably grew yeah. up watching Kane dominate as you know, we all we all enjoyed watching Kane in his prime with Chicago. Like as much as we didn't like Chicago's like like Kane's electric. So to be, able to, hands, to like, be able to give yeah. him his his 88th he's worn throughout his career, it's like I don't think he needed to be told to. I think that was just, and let's be real. Sprong's on a one-year deal with Detroit. I don't know if he'll be there at the end of this season. He always seems to do good with the team. And then it's like, yeah, 
you you outplayed your contract. We can't afford to give you more. So yeah, see you later. And then he just I, goes. It sounds to the like next the Kraken wanted to keep him last year, but they had to they had to give a big raise to Vince Dunn, and that was that. Yeah. So I I mean, and so I don't think Sprong's torn up by it. Like I think to be able to give. No, Kane I don't think he would be that is, upset either way. I was just curious yeah. to uh, your thoughts because I know a, a lot of people online were speculating. You know. Steve Yarzeman, longtime coach, you know, he's probably he's probably very, you know, respect the veterans, hockey culture and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that one was other, just one other thing I'm just going to throw at you while we're talking about it. If he did get signed by Toronto, do you think Nylander gives up 88? No. No. I don't think I don't think he would either. It's interesting. And, and it's, it's not even to be like, oh, Nylander's. A, a, a tool or anything like that, but it's no, just the fact lot, of like he's a lot more set in the number eighty-eight in Toronto than Sprong is. With and you Detroit. know what the funny thing is 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 I believe this. If Nylander or if, if Kane went to Toronto, Nylander gave up his eighty-eight. I think that's almost definitive that Nylander wouldn't be sticking around there. Like yeah. if he's given up his eighty-eight, that he's had for the last couple, years, especially in the midst of a career year for him. To switch your jerseys, you know, like even if Kane was there for one season, why would Nylander give it to him just to then be like, "Hey, now I'm going to go back to 88." Once he's gone, it's like, it's like no. If he was giving up that number, he was like, he was giving it up. Uh, but I, I, I don't think he would have given it up. I think a lot of players are superstitious, and it's like with the season Nylander's having, you can't, you can't change your jersey number when you're you're on this role that he's on he straight up looks better than austin matthews or mitch marner like yeah he's having an electric season so far i actually speaking of mitch marner he's so obviously tonight toronto beat um the crack in four three in a shootout mitch marner having all three toronto goals in regulation and then scoring the final shootout goal um i just want to know like like hell of a game by him like that's incredible like he single-handedly got Toronto the win with their goals. He single-handedly won a 4-3 game. Yeah, but it, he was so close to costing them the game in overtime because he wanted that fourth goal and flew the zone early and left his guy in right in the slot, basically, coming in towards the net. Yeah. Um, and then Seattle almost scored in overtime. I was like, man, like that whole game could have switched because then the narrative would have been Leafs lose and Marner would have, I mean, when Leafs Toronto lose, loses, star player selfish. Like, yeah, it's like when Toronto loses, there's it always seems like there's a player that gets blamed the most. Oh yeah, like it's they never like oh, the team just guy. wasn't there. It's always like yeah, there's a fall guy exactly, and so it could have very quickly been Marner was the fall guy there, and it wasn't. Oh look at the hat trick! It's like look at him, be yeah, like you said, being selfish and and costing the game. So, <laughs> which is. Funny because historically he's a huge passing guy. He's one of the least selfish players in the league. But yeah, that's uh that's Toronto hockey for you, absolutely. Yeah, have you um, heard of what's going on in Columbus right now? Uh, I have not, not okay. to my knowledge. Sweet, so we can, we can dive into this a little bit then. Um, so th- so they got two two things going on there regarding both or two of their numerous Russian players that they have. Um, right. So the first one, Dmitry Voronikov, um, 23 years old, former fourth round pick in 2019, 
This is his first season with the Blue Jackets right now. Uh, he's got 11 points in 18 games so far. Uh, four goals, seven assists. So doing pretty good. So he he came over to training camp late. And he really, he barely speaks any English. And so, I mean, they've obviously got a lot of uh, Russian players there that are able to help him a little bit with it and whatnot, but it sounds like he is struggling. And so he, 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 I, he didn't come out, but it was like reported and it was true. So he was, he's been feeling homesick. Um, and again, it's just, you know, he, he's coming by himself all the way to North America from Russia for the first time, barely speaks English. So he was, he was getting a little homesick and was debating, on leaving the team and, and just going back home to Russia, which would have been a huge loss for the Blue Jackets. Yeah. Uh, so he has, and, and I believe it was like the, the very next game after the news came out, he ended up scoring. Um, and now I don't know exactly what happened, but he has decided he's now going to stick with the team. I don't know if it's indefinitely or if he's just like, you know what, I'll just tough it out like, Columbus ain't making the playoffs, so he doesn't even have to worry about extra time for sticking around in the playoffs. Um, but so, so he's decided yeah, he's, he's at least staying for the re- remainder of this season. We'll see what happens. Um, so that that's huge for for Columbus to to have him choose to stick around. But someone doesn't want to stick around. Who's that? Igor. So their other Russian forward, Igor uh, Chinnikov. Um, I don't think he's officially like requested a trade, but it's kind of sounding like he's like, I want out. Um, he's, he's unhappy with the blue jackets just because he's, he's not really getting much, much ice time. Like he's playing fourth line for them. Some nights he's, I mean, he's, he's got five points in 13 games. He's only, he's 22 years old. Like he former first round pick. He's still a good young player, Yeah, but he just doesn't feel like they're, giving him a chance or anything like he's just not happy with how he's being used and you know what fair enough if you're a first round pick i don't think you should be coming and being like yeah he play a depth minutes for us be a be a depth guy be a role guy down there like yeah and this was the guy that they took quite early because i think he was supposed to be like a mid second round or something or even a late second round like he wasn't in a projected first round player and they took him way early because they saw something in him and it's like, what'd you see? You saw a depth forward in the first round. It's like, yeah, let's go get him. Like, no, this is a, a good young player that should be getting the opportunity to succeed. Yeah, that's uh that's really interesting that, you know, there's a lot more young guys than there used to be who are asking for trades out of different places. And yeah, it's a, uh, it's interesting. Do you do you know what his uh, contract looks like? Well, he's, uh, I, I believe he's still got this year and the following year on his rookie deal. I'll just quickly pull it up here just to be sure. But I'm like, I'm pretty sure. Uh, okay, so he, he's only got one year left. This okay. is the last year of his rookie deal. But again, he's, he's an RFA, so they they control his rights or if they trade him somewhere... That team has his rights, so but like that's that's tough if you've got arguably their best prospect wanting or one of them 
wanting out this early, it's not a good yeah. look for them, especially with all the other struggles that their superstars are having. Like, why not give, why not demote? Yeah, I mean, I know they bench line in Goudreau, but why not demote one of them to the third line or second line for well, a game or two and let Chinnikov try it out on the top line? And so I don't know how far, uh, so. familiar you are with Columbus's lines. Um, I definitely wasn't. I just pulled it up here on Daily Faceoff. Um, but I'm seeing an obvious spot where he moves up. It's it, unless this dude is great, and I'm haven't been seeing it. Who the but fuck third, is Justin Danforth? That exactly. Just Igor Chinnikov is the third line left winger, first line left winger Johnny Goudreau. If you don't want to move him down, I get it. You're paying a lot of money for him. It makes sense. Justin Danforth. Who the hell is that? Like, if he's earning his spot, fair enough. But if it means losing Chinnikov, dude, move him down to the third line and give Chinnikov a couple extra minutes. Now he's play- Now instead of uh, Veronikov and Marchenko, which admittedly, Kirill Marchenko is pretty good. Yeah. But instead of that, he could be playing with Adam Fantilli and Patrick Laine. Or even you could move Justin Danforth to the third line. You could even, like, I, I, they got Kent Johnson up there now. They just brought him up today. Uh, you, like, Kent Johnson could even slide in on the second line, and Chinnikov could could easily slot in on the first. Like, that's, yeah. Columbus is just, they're in such a, a weird spot. They're in such a weird yeah. spot right now. I don't, they're, they're the definition of, of mid, and it's so it's like you're not going to be getting one of those top draft picks probably with this roster now. Like, I think last year was a bit of a different story with them. Uh, but you're also not going to be a playoff team, so it's like... Yeah, it's... Yeah, I, f- I feel for them. Like, it's tough there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and hopefully Chinnikov isn't being, you know, unreasonable or anything. Hopefully uh, mm-hmm. Columbus can find a way to give him what he wants. A little bit more ice time and such, and uh, they can they can make it work because that would really suck to lose a guy before he's really even progressed his game too much and like gotten yeah. uh, near his potential because we all know he can be great. And as far as I know, it doesn't sound like he's requested a trade, but he has let it be known to the management. Like, you know, I'm I'm not happy right now with how I'm being used. Like. Yeah. Can we try it? It sounds like he, he's more on the mindset of, can we try and find an alternative? Can we try to make this work? Rather than him just letting it boil up to the point where he's like, all right, I'm, I'm done. I'm fed up. At least he's being like, hey, let's try and figure this out together and move forward. Mm-hmm. So, and you know what? I mean, if you're a young, uh, you know, Russian player like that, and you look around and see a lot of the other russian talent that they're bringing in it's like that's pro- that's kind of cool though that you got a lot of guys that you can speak russian with talk about like being back home with like you 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 have that kind of bond type of thing especially when you're coming all the way over to north america that's got to be pretty cool for him to have those guys who are the same age as him and whatnot that he can he can really bond with and uh share that uh yeah actually relate to those guys kind of, yeah exactly way. yeah but anyways Enough about Columbus. They got they got their their airtime there. It wasn't good, but they did get it. Yeah. Um, I have uh, another thing here. 
Um, All right. I guess before I get into that, I should uh, quickly throw in. Uh, don't don't love talking about him, but we're just going to mix them in randomly as we go. But uh, earlier this week, uh, Sam Gerard uh, entered the player assistance program, uh, stating he yeah. has severe anxiety, depression, and has abused alcohol as a result of those things. Um, yeah. Not much to say. Nothing talkie related. The player went in and sounds like he's getting the help he needs, and hopefully it comes out the other side better for it. So yeah, just wishing for nothing but the best form for sure. Absolutely, great, great player. Um, but something that I have, um, Brundy, what is the most uh somewhat recent bittersweet moment related to hockey that you have had? Bittersweet. Uh, does, any, does um, anything immediately come to your head? Is you know, did, did an ex, did ex shark score a hat trick on them, or or something like that? Something that was like you were you were pissed off. I would say probably before. like not wasn't really bittersweet for me, but I would say a bittersweet moment would probably be when the most recent one that I can think of, just off the top of my head, yeah. is um, Florida beating Carolina last year in the playoffs to go to the cup final. I think just because that's bittersweet mm. because it's like Eric Stahl and Mark Stahl got to advance, but it came at the cost of, of knocking Jordan Stahl out of the playoffs. That's so kind of really one of the only ones I can think of off the top of my head that would be a can classify as kind of a bittersweet moment. Yeah. And I do mean more for you, not, not like just league wide, you know, me, is there one you're thinking of that I'm, I can't think no, of? No, no, I'm just asking okay. for you because I had a big one a uh, few hours ago, a few short hours ago. So okay. we are currently recording this oh. on... Oh, the, I know. I know what you're talking about. Yes, that was the next thing I had. Yes, okay. On the yeah. 30th of November, tonight was Tampa Bay versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. And at the end of the game, we pulled the goalie to try and tie it up. It was 3-2. to two. And Tristan Jari yeeted the puck down for an empty net. Yeah. And of course, not only is it annoying to lose the game, but as a Tampa fan, I know that clip is going to be all over the place for a while. Yeah. But last year, and this is not a plug, I'm not even going to say the app's name because it's not a plug, but I did a sports bet on something called a pinata bet. Uh, right, It came out right after Ulmark scored his goal, and it was... Who is going to be the next goalie to score a goal in the NHL? And you put your money in, and it's everyone gets the same odds. It's like I think it was like yeah. ninety-five to one. So every dollar you get ninety-five bucks. If and it, it just hits, gives you a random player, and it gives you a random goalie. You don't get to pick. And it's yeah. I wanted to put five bucks down, and then I was like, actually, I'm gonna make five one-dollar bets. And one of those bets spit out spit out Jari. So oh, did it? So I made a nice ninety-five bucks. Yeah, I, I made um, I made four hundred and fifty on one of those a couple <laughs> years ago. It was it was it was basically so I was using Jeez. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what they are, um, but it was a, a a sports book that I started using. It was garbage, and I had like eight or nine bucks left in. I was like, I'm switching to a different one. I'm done with this one. So I'm like, fuck. What can I just throw it all on? And then. I see, I, I, I didn't know you could do this, but I saw that there was a, a, a WWE tab. And I was like, holy shit, I can 
bet on wrestling. This is sick. So I went into it and all it was, was it was again, that pinata thing. And it was, who's going to win the Royal rumble. Yeah. So I just threw it all on that very first person it gave me was Cody Rhodes. And I was like, holy shit. Like, that's who I honestly thought was going to win. That's and then he ended up a good pull. Are you kidding? He, he, right. And then he ended up going on to win. So that was, those, those are so fun though. When you do that, it just gives you a random pick. I love yeah, those the Royal ones. rumble is such a perfect thing to have that for yeah. as well, because it, your bet is random. The freaking entrance are random. Like, obviously, you know, they pick who wins, but like, and, it, and, but that's, that's like the one it where random. And that's like the one where they don't leak anything. Like everyone's got speculations of like who's, you know, on a hot streak going and who makes the most sense to him. But like nobody aside from those within who have to keep it a, a secret, like nobody knows who's going to win. So you, that's one of those things that they can actually get away with. Like you can't just bet on, you know, who's going to win at WrestleMania or something because like, sometimes things like that will get leaked or whatnot and, and all that, but it's just like with the Royal rumble, you never know. And so that, yeah. was, that was, that was really fun to actually watch that and watch and be like, Holy shit. Like watching wrestling when you've got, you can win a lot of money is, is cool. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah no that's kind of wild. Tristan jar. like, anytime there's a goalie goal, like that's, I mean, it, it sucks when it's at the expense of your team, but yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it sucked, but like at least there was a silver lining because I was like, "Yeah, this this is just going to be on all the on all the sports centers for the next while." You know, everyone's going to be seeing it. So honestly, just be thankful that Tampa Bay didn't go and score right after because that would have looked that would have been even tougher to look at it and be like, "Damn, Tristan Jari got the game winning goal." Because we've <laughs> seen that lots where yeah. a team will score an empty net goal and then the other team will come back and score with like five seconds left or something yeah so at least you know that tris and jari didn't didn't get the the gwg on the boats in the end yeah for sure that because uh, that would have really rubbed salt in the wound there <laughs> yeah a lot of a uh, lot of goalie goals in the last few years it, like, it's starting to increase and not only in the like it used to be once every NHL 10 years goal. but now it's like once every two once a year. When we're seeing more and more guys, like last year we saw one in, well, no, I guess that was just earlier this year. We saw Nadelkovich get one in the AHL. There was a couple, I think there was two in the WHL last year, or maybe it was just the CHL as a whole. But like, it's like goalies are starting to, like goalies practice that now even. Yeah. Like they practice getting the puck behind the net, quickly turning and firing it because you're, goalies are starting to get that opportunity more and more so i think we're we honestly might start to see like maybe i I feel like every year is probably a stretch but i feel like it's we're in an age now where it's not going to be like before where you go four or five years in between a goalie goal or maybe even more yeah um i think it's like you know every i think we're like at least every two to three years we're at least going to get one in in the nhl like other leagues, it could even happen more. You never know. Yeah, like, and and it's funny that you actually mentioned that because I kind of forgot because Nadelkovich was one of the other four picks. Like I said, I did five one dollar oh, ones. He was the other one. So, the NHL. Yeah. So when he scored the oh, AHL, I was kind of like, 
what the hell, man? Like, I feel robbed. So yeah. kind of funny that I end up hitting it anyway. Oh, but, ab- but absolutely, like, I I feel like it's going to be a bit before we go two or three years in between goalie goals at this point. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, the goalies see it happening more, so they practice it more. The goalies want it more. The players want the goalies to get it. At, at this rate, it's, if it keeps happening, they're going to have to start giving out fantasy points for those. Yeah, like that, and that's like that's something that bugs me is the fact that that's not a thing. It's like you know what I think. Like obviously, you don't need to have a whole tab there for like oh goalie goals and assists, but I think you should be getting those bonus points if if a goalie does. Like it's not going to break a league to put one goal beside yeah, right? a goalie. Like I agree. Um, uh, um I had something. Oh. Because I know you would like this one. Um, All right. Lay it so on. I'm going to paint a picture for you. I just want you to say the first player that, that, that comes to mind. All right. A player, um, and, and I'll, I'll give you, it's, it's in the Atlantic division. Okay. A player who is currently on their team and management made it clear they wanted to get, like, trade him away because of his contract. And fans made it very well known that they wanted him gone because of his contract. So they could okay. sign someone else. Um, immediately, I'm thinking it's... Uh, did you say in the Atlantic? In the Atlantic. Oh, I was thinking Goudreau with the Rangers. Um, if people are making a stink about it, there's a good chance it's the Leafs. Are we thinking like Tavares, Ryan Reeves? No. Nope. Former Tampa Bay Lightning, Matthew Joseph. That's right. So all offseason, we heard of like, they wanted to trade him. Fans wanted him gone. They're like, his contract's abysmal. Yeah. He's the reason we, we, we're not getting Shane Pinto. Yada. Which, funny thing, Shane Pinto got suspended in a league where the commissioner's name is literally Batman, by the way. Um, <laughs> but Ma- Matthew Joseph. 15 points in 17 games. Same Ooh. amount of points as Brady Kachuk. More points than Tarasenko, Batherson. Uh, like, this is a guy that they, they tried to completely run out of Ottawa, and he's looking like a steal on that contract. Yep. Absolutely. So, he's, I just want to give a little credit to, to Joseph. this year so far. Like, everything was against him in Ottawa, like, Obviously not his teammates, but management, the fans, the media. And you know what he said? Watch me go out there and ball. I mean, the team still sucks right now. They're eight and nine, uh, bottom of the Atlantic. Certainly ain't his fault. But he's, he's, he's balling out. And if he keeps doing this all season long, Ottawa, he might go down as a favorite in Ottawa because they might end up being able to get a first-round pick for him. You retain half his salary, a team would gladly take a guy on this pace if he maintains it. Uh, for like a well, it'd be like a million and a half half retained. Yeah, like that's and, a steal for teams if if they're if they want a guy like that at the deadline. And you know who might be able to use a little extra forward depth if they're looking like close to the playoffs? The Penguins, who have his brother. Yeah, Pierre Oliver Joseph. Speaking so, of the Penguins, what is what's going on with them? Like they're eleven, ten, and one. It's weird. Everyone thought their power play would be nuts this year with the addition of Carlson. Now you got 
Malkin, Latang, Gensel, Crosby, and Carlson. And it sounds like their power play is just awful. Like, I've seen so many Penguins fans being like, they should add a rule where you can turn down penalties. Like, it sounds like their five-on-five is great, but their penal- their power play is just... They're, they're just never scoring, so they're just always losing the special teams battles. Yeah, their, po- their power play is 26 in the league, 21.1%. So. 21% is 20, what did you say, 26th in the league? Yeah. So Jeez. they're one of the worst in the league. Scoring is up. That's also like... In the past, that wouldn't be a bad percentage even. Also, what's just so mind-blowing to me is the fact that like, they're 11-10-1. 7th in the Metro. Sidney Crosby is 36 years old, and we're, we're at like the quarter way mark through the season. He's on pace to have his best goal-scoring season of his career at 36 years old and the penguins are still this bad right now yeah so hopefully i mean I, like i'm not opposed to seeing crosby and mulkin get a fourth carlson finally getting one but it's like they got to start finding a way to to get things going like especially that power play like even if you yeah. got to split up split up and roll with a you know a Crosby, Mulk and Rust and Carlson and X on the first, and then you try Gensel and Latang trying to bolster that second one or something. Yeah, like, they, they got to try and find because that's a big part of of that team if they want success. Like they they have the chance to have a really good power play. Yeah, uh, and, and and it's just not working. And we've seen that work in the past. That's exactly what Tampa did last year. Our first seven eight games, our power play was horrible uncharacteristically so and we moved headman to the second power play moved sergachev up and it got the first line clicking headman started making some magic on the second line like sometimes you just got to move some stuff around especially with a new guy coming in like that you know you gotta you gotta change things around make it work because they have too much talent for it to be a bottom bottom of the league power play for that long yeah, I will say though, where they're at right now, like I don't hate it because they're currently sitting right, like right at that bridge mark where it's not a top 10 pick. It's just outside. Like it would be around the 11th or 12th pick, which means that San Jose, because they're the first round pick they sent to San Jose in the crossing trade is only top 10 protected. So if they uh-huh. finish right in that spot. Right. I'd be fine if the Sharks got the 11th or 12th overall. 11 or 12th. Yeah, absolutely. So you know what? And they got Carlson for a couple more years. Crosby's not going anywhere. If they suck this year, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not losing sleep over it. I just but if they go on and Carlson wins a bring myself to hate Crosby, man. He's so good and he's such a class act. Like he just like he absolutely sniped one top shelf on a breakaway uh in the game tonight and like well like i couldn't even be mad i'm just like what can you say sid the kid just walks in and rips it from the top of the circle like still got it yeah well and that's the thing is like so many kids nowadays it's like you, you, like I, I see all these interviews of these guys who try to be like influencers and they go to like minor hockey tournaments and interview these players and whatnot and it's they always ask like who's your favorite player and the kid's wearing a, a Maple Leafs hat and he says he's like oh either McDavid or Matthews 
and McDavid was always such a popular pick. It's like Sidney Crosby was our McDavid. Yeah. Like when we were, were, were growing up and kids and watch well, out, Crosby was coming into the league and that was, that was the guy. Like he was scored one of the biggest goals ever for Canada in the Olympics. Like he was golden goal. Like, yeah, he, he was just the man. Like it's, it, you know, it's I mean, fu- it's funny that he- you mentioned that for our generation, because uh, I'm not sure who's done them. If it was sports center or uh, just the NHL channel, but I know on YouTube, there's a good collection of videos where they just like, do these like three minute videos where they interview and ask a que- the same question to a bunch of NHL players. And I oh, know yeah. past, I've seen one where it's who is your favorite player growing up. And for about, for about a minute of the three minute video at the start, it's these guys, you know, one guy says, uh, you know, Sergei Fedorov and one guy says this guy and they say another guy. And then it's just an absolute avalanche of everyone in the league saying Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Like almost everyone was saying, like it, it's Crosby. Crosby was the best. Like, yeah, he, he, he was just the guy. He probably inspired at least fifty percent of the NHL players playing right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, something I want to throw in that I kind of like doing. I like talking about some of the warriors in hockey. Some of the the guys who you just yeah. see them there, and you're like, damn, they're 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 fucking tough. Um, so the San Jose Sharks played the Washington Capitals on Monday, beat them 2-1. Um, you and I kind of talked about that, how they were missing kind of their their big three fours. Like, they've obviously been without Kutcher and uh, Barabanov for a bit now, but Thomas Hurdle, who's been really the only guy producing at a consistent level yeah. um, this season, he did not play. Uh, it was reported he had a kidney stone and had to go and get surgery for it on Monday. Ooh. He suited up for today's game against the Boston Bruins in Boston. Uh, obviously, the Sharks got shut out. Hurdle played 22 <laughs> minutes and eight seconds. As a like forward. Two, two days, first line center, two days after having surgery for a kidney stone. Good like, God, man. And not only that, it's, it's not like you're, you know, a, a team battling for a playoff spot or one of the best teams. Like, he's on a shit team going up against the big bad Boston Bruins. He could have easily just sat out and been like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not feeling it. No point rushing back in to go up against the Bruins. Not only did he come in and play first line center 22 minutes, like, yeah, that, that's just, that's just insane to me that, that a, a, a human, not just a player, an athlete, just a human in general is able to, to do that. Like, that's just incredible. It, it really is. And, I was surprised that it was something like that because when you said we're going to talk about an absolute warrior, I definitely thought we were going to talk about Chris Tanev and his block. Yeah, his Doug Glatt moment. Yeah, we should talk about that. I've seen some people saying he fell over and it was an accident. It was no accident. He dove head first, face first in front of a shot to block it. On purpose, he, right in the mouth. He wanted it in the mouth. He wanted to get hit by it. He wanted to block <laughs> it. Like what a You'll clip, what a, clip that. He wanted it in the mouth. He did. He's a madman, dude. Who does that? Like not only that, he just got up and just went off to the bench and went down the tunnel. Like he got he up like, like he got hip checked. 
Like he got up right away. Like and then also might as well throw it in there. He uh suited up tonight for the Calgary Flames and scored their first goal for him, his first goal of the season. So <laughs> like there you go. Another another just absolute warrior. Yeah, that's, as soon as I saw so that good. block though, I was like, that was just like in in Goon where where Dougie Boy just drops to his knees and just takes it right in the face. There's no situational awareness. You wanted that one to be clipped. What? Drops to his knees and takes it in the face. (laughs) That one's even worse. I didn't even think of it like that. But yeah, okay. Yeah, you can you can clip that one too. Yeah, sure. You can clip that one too. (laughs) Uh, no, yeah, but like that that was I just couldn't believe that. I'm like, I can't even believe and it was like a, it wasn't even like a muffin thrown on net or like, like it was a hard shot too. It was a hard snapshot. Oh. Like, ew, I just, I can't even imagine how that would have felt. Oof. Yeah. Tough, tough guy. Yeah. That made his trade value fucking rise. Let me tell you though. You're let telling me, tell me you. that night I was all over cap friendly. I I was trying to make a three-way trade to get him on Tampa involving a third team to retain salary to see if it would be possible for us to get him. That's where San Jose is going to thrive. Yeah, that's that's the the team I was using. I was was using a bunch of picks and moving out, uh, moving people out, trying to get... Never mind. Sharks won't be. Because now I'm thinking about because they need to they need those retain slots, don't they? Well, they well they're already using they've already got two locked up for the next couple of years in in the yeah. Burns and Carlson trades, and then I'm assuming that a third's probably get, their third one's probably going to be used like if they move Duclair or Hoffman or or someone else, probably like probably one of their guys rather than yeah, unless they can one find a team with just, a year left so that yeah. next year they can do it again with the people who are currently on a two year deal. Yeah, unless like they find a way to offload guys like Duclair and Hoffman without doing so, then they could. But I think Hoffman's probably the guy that it gets used on just because his cap, like I think his cap hits like four and a half or something, which for a playoff, you know, a cup contender, teams don't have four and a half. It's just wide open. To, no, not by to the bring a guy. And Hoffman's on a playoff, a Stanley Cup, Hoffman's not worth four and a half. Now at 2.25, I think it is very reasonable. Yeah. That'd be a but, great guy to shove in there on the depth. He's also got a good amount of uh, playoff experience, right? He, was he, was he on the, the most part? He wasn't on the Penguins, was he, when they made their cup runs? No, he was on. No, but that he was a beast in the playoffs, their Penguins' uh, second cup win. Or no, was it their first? No, their second. One of the two. When he was with Ottawa and they lost to Pittsburgh. Um, when him and Carlson were just just nuts in the playoffs that year. Yeah. Yeah. When Carlson almost won the con Smythe, even though he didn't even make it to the finals. Also, it's funny, Mike Hoffman has only six goals on the season. He went he went the first while without getting uh like n- any points. Um he's got six goals on the season. Four of them have been against uh former teams of his. It was yeah. funny. San Jose was on a homestand and it was like Florida came in, a uh, former team Hoff was on, then Montreal came in, then St. Louis. And it's like, damn, he's just chilling at home in San Jose while all his former teams just come rolling through. And he was sc- he scored against all of them, scored against Florida, Montreal, and St. Louis. So, yeah, I, 
I always I always take the over on guys who are who are playing their former teams. Like they just they just want it. Like every single time uh Tampa Bay is playing against a team that has like a ex Tampa player, I always at least take the over on shots. Because you know they want to score against their old team. You want to show them, you know, this is what you're missing, right? Yeah. Even if they didn't want to lose you, like, yeah, these guys go extra hard when they're playing against their old teams. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk quickly about the Senators Panthers? Ooh, yeah. I I just yeah. thought of that, and you know what? That was pretty good. Yeah. That yeah that that was a that was a wild game. Yeah. So the game was. Either three nothing or four nothing at the time, but uh, basically all five guys on both sides were just something happened. I think uh, Brady Kachuk went for a rebound on a goal. The goalie, the Panthers took exception, and everyone was shoving, and they were giving it to each other pretty good. There were some definitely some sucker punches, especially by the Panthers thrown in there, and. Yeah. Uh, Every guy was giving him the business. And, you know, Brady Kachuk started it. So, of course, they pan over and Matthew Kachuk's just sitting there watching from the penalty box because, of course, he's already got a penalty, right? Yeah. And uh, when it's all said and done, the ref goes over, addresses the crowd and says, all 10 guys on the ice, 10-minute misconduct. They're all gone. I think there was about seven or eight minutes left in the game, which just meant all 10 guys on the ice, get out of here. Yeah, and it was funny. It was, um, it was just such a good delivery of the call to the way the ref was yeah. just like all the guys, all of them ten minute misconducts. Like he was just like, we're done. Yeah, it was funny. I saw a lot of people on Twitter being like, the Kachuk brothers just need to drop the gloves and fight each other. It's like they're never gonna do that. Like you're never gonna see two brothers drop the gloves and just feed each other the business. Like, and they've even said that before that like that. They're not going to do that. Like if Kachuk's being a tool, like either one, they'll uh, cheap someone else on the other team to a fist fight. Yeah, like it'll be Easily. like Brady will go on the bench and be like, "Hey, Hamannick, go out there and teach him a lesson." Or Matthew will be like, "Hey, you know, Bennett." Like it's you're just not going to see two brothers just go out there and f- feed each other. Like that's just it's not going to happen. Like, but yeah, like they're, they're I no would, I would say that with an exception or anything though. I I would say that if the two teams played in a multi-game series in the playoffs, I could see it happening. But I think even that, like to, that's until that's the a bit of a stretch, I think but... it wouldn't happen. I and yeah. even then, it's a might happen if they have that playoff series. But I don't think and they're going to do it for a regular season game in November. Yeah, and even if it's a fight, it's going to be like a battle in front of the net, and they're just the first two. Like, they're the first guys they grab or something. Like, it's not going to be a off the face, off their chat and like, hey, let's go. Like, it would be a complete heat of the moment and type of thing. But, uh, yeah, no, that, that, that was it. Like, that, that game reminded me of uh, that Pittsburgh Islanders game back in the day. Yeah. That, that, was, that game was also a, a crazy one. Yeah, that was the one that had like, that's like top ten all times for penalty minutes in a game, right? Like it's it's like up there. Mm-hmm. I remember that that one had a lot of penalty minutes. I can't even remember the numbers, but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you did you have anything else? 
I just no. have one more thing. I don't, I mean, I'm not a fan of this guy, but I got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, Tom Wilson celebrates his 700th NHL game tonight in Anaheim. And in doing so, he scored his first career hat trick, which is pretty wild to think it took him 700 games to to do that. But I'm, hey, I mean, congrats to, to Tom Wilson. I'd say that's very, very long overdue for him. Uh, but I mean, what a way to, to celebrate. I think, I think hat tricks are a bit less common than some people think, just because, you know, it's hard to score three goals. But, but, you know, I mean, when you're on a line with the guy who's known for scoring goals, it's probably hard to keep three to yourself in a single game. So I think I it's just more it, so that he's a he's always yeah. been on a good Washington team, former first round pick, like good player. Yeah. You just didn't think it would take him 700 games to. Yeah, to get one. Yeah, for sure. I tell the guy taken, I think right after him, Hurdle got a hat trick in his like not only hat-trick four-goal game in, like, his seventh game or something, his eighth game, like, pretty early pretty into early. his career, so. Also, between the legs for that fourth goal. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, so that was so juicy. That's crazy to think that was over, what was that, nine years ago? Ten. Oh. It was in 2013. Don't make me Beginning feel cool. 2013 season. Ten years, Damn. Time flies when you're having fun in San Jose, huh? Not anymore, but oh, back yeah. in the day, they're having fun. Um, oh, shit. I do have one final thing. If you want to vamp for two seconds and let me bring it up. Yeah, what can I vamp about? Um, uh, Minnesota Wild, gonna... what are they doing? I'm just Minnesota Wild, uh, mid. Oh, oh, shit, Minnesota fired their coach. Duh. Good call. I've done um, it. I've unlocked a secret topic. Dean Dean Evason got fired. I think he just got screwed. I mean, I don't like no one can classify Minnesota as a contender when they've got fifteen million dollars in dead cap space for this year and next year. Not only that, they brought in John Hines, who's never really achieved much as as an NHL coach. Like he's Again, he's and he's just one of those guys. Like it would make sense if it was like, okay, we're firing Dean Evison, but we're going out and getting this this younger coach, this new coach, and uh, someone to bring a, a new breath of fresh air to this team or something like that. But to bring in a a veteran coach that's just bounced from team to team, like that, that's doing nothing. So I think that's just another L move for Minnesota on what already has been a tough season, like. I think it would have been awesome if you, you sign a NCAA coach or, or a young coach trying to make it in the league, uh, working his way up through the AHL or ECHL. But to go and just grab a guy that's been fired from numerous teams before, it's like, what are you hoping to achieve here? Yeah. So that's, that's a tough one for – and it sounds like uh, – I don't remember the – let me find it actually because when I heard about it, I was like, damn – um yeah you you could tell that dean like who's um uh bill garen's their gm yes so dean evison had a sit down talking about his his firing and, and what went down so this is how it went uh so dean evison um 
was in the office and he just straight up said to Bill Guerin, he said, are you firing me, bud? And he called him bud. Bill Guerin was just like, yeah. And then Everson said, we immediately hugged and he just started to cry and so did I. So like that shows you it's nothing personal. Like they, they were boys there. They were close. And yeah, I, I don't think it was Bill Guerin's decision to fire him. Doesn't sound like it. Because I mean, Bill Guerin's the reason Everson was put in such a fucking tough spot to begin with. Um, so that, I mean, that's, again, that just shows that like these guys got good relationships and it's some like those moves are tough. I don't, it's, it, neither one of them were happy about it, but it's a yeah. business shitty business move for the wild, but yeah. And I think a lot of people always look at it and they always think, you know, it's business and it definitely is. And that's why it happens. Yeah. But you know, yeah. a lot of these guys have been together for a long time doing the stuff and they become really close. And just because they have to do it doesn't mean that they're not upset about it. It doesn't piss them off, you know. It's it's so. the exact reason why uh, David Quinn hasn't been fired in San Jose. Him and Mike Greer are really close. They're good buddies. Like, I don't even, I don't care that you can say, oh, San Jose's a, a rebuilding team. When you've got fucking Jacob McDonald a defenseman playing second, third line forward, getting power play time. Like there, there's no, no excuse for that. We've got guys like LeBanc being a healthy scratch. Yeah. You can throw a defenseman on, on forward on your, on your third line. Like you've got Luke Cunning, who's second on the team in goals. I think he might even be tied for first now goes from the the top six down to the fourth line so Jacob McDonald can be a third line winner. It's like, when I tell you I was fuming when I saw the Sharks line tonight, like, I was fuming. <laughs> like, yeah. that's just, that's abysmal. Like, that's, I, like, I don't care the rebuilding team. When, that's, when that starts happening, it's like, that's just brutal. But anyways, yeah. did you find what you were, you were looking yes. for? Yeah, I got it. Uh, I'm just going to run through some of the league leaders again real quick. We got mm. a couple move arounds. Um, I'll just read out the top three for the some of the main categories. For goals, we got 17 goals in the lead of the league, Brock Besser. And Ooh, in second and third. Out of Vancouver last season. Yeah. Now look at him. 17 goals in 24 games, having and quite he- a year. And you just know, like, I, I, I like you guys, but you just know yeah. if he hits the open market market and free agency, like, a team's going to overpay for him. Oh, yeah. Cash. A team's going to overpay hard. For a, for a goal scorer like that, 26 years old, like, those don't, those don't come around that often. But the he's, thing is, is, he's never been like this before. He's on a contract year. Yeah. So well, I, I feel like he's going to get a yeah. big hefty paycheck. And I do, like, you're not, I don't think you're going to see another season like this from Besser. Guys, a lot of guys all very often play up on their contract years. That's just how it goes. Mm, look, and, at, look at Nylander. Yeah. Look at Sam Reinhardt on Florida. He's yeah. Well, we'll get to him in about uh, two to three seconds because uh, in second and third in goals, uh, Nikita Kucherov and Sam Reinhardt, both with 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, league lead in assists, we got uh, Kale McCarr with 27, Quinn Damn. Hughes in second with 25, Damn. 
And Nikita two Kucherov defensemen. with 24. Two defensemen leading the league in assists. Yeah. That's that's awesome. That's so cool to see, though. It's wild. I like. Can we just enjoy this moment right now where we're talking about the leaders in goals, assists, points, and we're not talking about McDavid and Dreisaitl. Can we just appreciate I'm how cool enjoy this is? the hell out of it because last week when we did this, Connor McDavid wasn't even on this top list of 25, I don't think. Guess what? He's up at 12 already, and he's only getting hotter. Yeah. He's picked it up recently, and it's not going to be long before we're talking about him again. Yeah, it's not like we're, we're shitting on McDavid or Dreisaitl. It's just nice that other players get this opportunity to have the limelight a little bit more yeah. and be up at the top. because it, It's fun to talk about who's going to win an award without going, if McDavid didn't win it, who would win the heart? Yeah. It's fun talking about who might actually win the heart. So Exactly, right? Um, but first in points uh, with 39, Nikita Kucherov. And then in Jeez. second, we got 36 from JT Miller. And in third, 34 from Kale McCarr. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, I think, yeah. It's McCarr's only getting hotter and hotter. Like it's, it, it's anybody's race, man. It's anybody's race this year. I'm never gonna count out guys like Austin Matthews or uh, Connor McDavid. No, no, but, I'm just talking about know, for the Norris. Oh yeah, I'm just talking about like the Hart and the Lindsay. Oh like, yeah, for that, I'm not like, counting those guys out. But like JT Miller's got 36 points in 24 games. Makar has gone nuclear recently. Hughes is doing incredible. Kucherov's got 39 points in 23 games. Like, yeah. the, there's a lot of guys that are doing insane things. Pasternak's got 33 points in 22 games. And, like, who's he playing with? Pavel Zaka? Yeah. Like, he just what? lost Bergeron. He's still doing this. Yeah. So, it's... Uh, there's... It definitely looks like the trend of goal scoring going up is going higher because and we haven't even guys not only above a point per game but like well over a point per game. Yeah. Jack Hughes has only played six. I was just gonna games, say we're not talking about points. Jack Hughes, but it's just because he's been injured the last little bit, so he's kind of fallen down the rankings. But he's still a guy who the point per game pace he's on before he could easily be back up in first in a week or two. Like yeah, let. You know what? Let's uh, let's do a little exercise real quick here. Um, so eight goals, twenty-one assists, twenty-nine points. There's three players with that stat line. One has twenty-two games. One has twenty. One has sixteen. <laughs> the one with twenty-two games is Nathan McKinnon. The one with twenty, a little better than Nathan McKinnon, is Connor McDavid. Jack Hughes has sixteen. And has that stat line. Yeah. Like, he's, he is literally playing better than Connor McDavid by f- a margin of four games this year. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's so funny that those three guys, those are, like, top centers in the league, all have the exact same goals, assists, points. Yeah. And just because I feel like it, who's leading the league in penalty minutes? Liam O'Brien, you fucking goon. 64 Beast. penalty minutes. A plus Beast. three, might I add. You know what? Coyotes have been been sneakily good this season to start off. Yeah. Imagine, though. Oh, I, I, I know it's probably not going to happen, but like, could you imagine 
Arizona in the playoffs and Mullet Arena and just seeing that place rocking for the playoffs. Because that'll it be like be the funny. first time Coyotes have been in the playoffs, like the real playoffs in like a long time where they can actually play in their own barn and have their own fans. And like in Mullet Arena, like you could have a pretty electric atmosphere there actually for the playoffs. Like it wouldn't be a big atmosphere, but that would those 5,000 really people could, could make it feel like 15,000, I feel. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm confident. They might that. be able to do something kind of like in Nassau Coliseum with the Islanders where like the small building really gets loud. It could be a really yeah. good time. Um, yeah. Just because I started by penalties and saw this. Um, what two players do you think there are in the league that both have played 22 games, scored four goals, three assists for seven points? There's way more goals than I would have thought for either of those two. I, I don't even know. I know Pat Maroon scored tonight, so he's above that now. It, I don't even it, know. It, they, they are tied in everything, even age, except for penalty minutes. One has three what's, more. What's the age? Both at 33 years old. One's on Anaheim, one's on Winnipeg. Jacob Silverberg. One is an ex-Lightning, one is an ex-Shark. Yo, okay, so it's fucking Brendan Dillon because he's been yep. just sniping it from the blue line. And then it's fucking Radko Gudas. <laughs> yep. Because I, I remember because <laughs> yeah. Plugs have four goals. Yeah. Dude, Brendan Dillon's actually been plus eight and plus a seven. huge part for Winnipeg this season. They're doing great. That's crazy, actually. That's what that was funny. I just like looked and like we used to talk about the those those were our resident goons on both our team at one point. Well, and like it wasn't even necessarily goons; it was just more so. No, I mean, we but, called them goons because we didn't know any better at the time. And it's but also it was just, just like funny. They were just good shutdown, stayed home defensemen who wasn't afraid. Like they wouldn't. I mean, Gudis more more so than Dylan would maybe go out there and look for a fight sometimes. But if they had to drop the gloves, they would. They had no problem throwing the body on. Like they were just yeah big, hard, physical, defensive defensemen. It's kind of yeah. cool to see them actually producing a little bit offensively for their teams, and both teams that have gotten off to a better start than people thought to start the season. Yeah, absolutely. And Good for it's them. Just, that's just funny to look at. Like, what, How far into the season are we? We're, we're 20, at the quarterway mark. 22 games. So if we assume that they play shoot at this rate... Brendan Dillon and Radko Gudis are both going to end the season with 16 goals. Yeah. Like, that'll be the day. Yeah, honestly, like that, that and that, that, that'd be awesome. Because I, I love seeing when those defensive defensemen, like, get their flowers and get, get the recognition a bit more. Because those guys, I mean, like, the fans on that team would notice it and give them praise. But outside of the team that they're on, people don't really pay much attention to those defensive defensemen who aren't putting up the big numbers or anything. So it's cool to see when those guys uh, actually are, you know, producing offensing and are getting that, that respect and praise that they deserve. Yeah. Um, I am, I am out of things to talk about unless you got anything else. Uh, nope. I don't got anything. I think, I think the well is, the well is dry. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot going on. Things seem to be culminating to, I don't know, something in the NHL lately. So if we uh, 
if uh, stuff keeps happening at this rate, I think it's almost a guarantee that we would end up doing another podcast, um, doing one before next Friday. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Because I, I, I thought I, I thought I heard about the other day. So there was a goalie goal in the WHL four days ago. Okay. Um, Dawson Cowan on the Spokane Chiefs scored a goalie goal, but he did not shoot the puck. Mm. Um, it was, I don't know if it was a delayed penalty or the end of the game, um, but the team they were up against was cycling around, shooting on him. He made a save, and then one of their players walks in, tries to snipe it short side, misses over top of the net, hits the glass, goes all the way around, and rolls all the way down the ice into his own net. So he didn't even shoot the puck because he was the most recent player on the Spokane Chiefs to touch the puck. He he gets the credit. He got credited, yeah. So that's that's, that's two goalie goals in four days. That's crazy because I've seen a couple in the past where, you know, a guy shoots and it goes off the goalie's pad into the corner and then they recover it and then they pass it back and their defenseman misses it and it goes into their net. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen a shot miss the net, go all the way down, and somehow end up in the middle of the ice to mm-hmm. hit the empty net. Doesn't happen very often, if ever, really. Hmm. I'm glad I found it, because I was like, I, I was pretty sure that I had seen something from the WHL, so that, all right, so that's what it was. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I'm all tapped out of hockey news here. Oh, I just found the other thing I was trying to find. Okay. Um, I just want to make sure, because this was just from the other day, I want to make sure it didn't get ended tonight. Ah, oh, it didn't. It didn't end tonight. So Somebody Carolina went, they went 0-3 on their power play tonight against the Islanders. Um, oh, shit, no. Never mind. This, sorry, Carolina. This is um, Washington. They used the wrong logo on here, but the caption <laughs> saves it. So Carolina's just getting unnecessary hate. Um, Catching strays. Shit, and I just got to make sure. Washington didn't play tonight, did they? Oh, they did. Okay, so Tom Wilson end, ended the drought for them tonight with two power play goals. But going into um, the game tonight against Anaheim, Washington that normally has a really good power play with Alex Ovechkin. Yep. The Capitals... Power play going before tonight hadn't scored in over an hour. Wow, they went there an hour tonight, on the power play, obviously. Yeah. But before tonight, their last power play goal came October 27th against the Minnesota Wild. Um, so just to break it down, it was 11 straight games, 33 straight opportunities. So they're averaging three power plays a game, not scoring. Uh, 55 shots on net, 28 high danger chances, 61 scoring chances, 105 minutes and 15 seconds of power play time going into tonight. Like, man, like that's tough, especially when you got a guy like Ovechkin who thrives off the power play. I was going to say, I don't even know what to, what to say that they should have done. Like, cause I don't know what they did yeah. obviously, but like, what do you do? Do you pat it? It's worked for Ovechkin for years. Do you pass him the puck more, or are they wasting their time only passing it to Ovi when he's got two guys keyed on to him plus the goalie's expecting it? Do you have to yeah. go somewhere else? So, you know, there's a reason I'm not running a 
NHL power play, but uh, good for them for breaking the drought, I guess. That's yeah, that's why most of all people. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, makes a little bit of sense with uh, Backstrom being out too. You know, he's uh, he's been a quarterback on that power play for quite a while. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. So. I think that kind of wraps it up. Um, quick yeah. shout out to Dusty Nickel for joining the Flames for a game as an emergency backup. Yeah. Uh, really cool moment for him. Um, good Calgary Dusty. boy. Uh, but yeah, thank you to everybody for listening to yet another episode of the Stick 'em Up podcast. Uh, again, if you want to join in on any conversations with us, uh, throw us a follow, just chat with us. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter slash X at seu hockey three simple letters and then hockey i think we're, we're we're starting to lean getting closer to getting a youtube channel going um we don't have any specifics exactly out of what we're planning to do with that yeah. but i know that that is on the horizon for us so yeah, uh, when we'll that's be a trying thing to get the podcast will, up there on yeah on the youtube the one thing eventually sure. and maybe maybe not as soon as getting it up on youtube but uh, sometime in the future after that, we will are hoping, uh, once we can record in person more often, to get a visual component of the podcast, yeah. get, a, get a camera on us so that, you know, you can actually see the, the bodies, the beautiful faces behind the voice. Or a beautiful yeah. face, I guess. Yeah. But you can yeah, decide so that's... if it's a chirp on you or not. <laughs> that's something that... Uh... We do have on the horizon, but for now we are just on Instagram and Twitter slash X. You know, always feel free to to pop in over on there, sauce us a follow, or don't. We really don't care, but you can always talk to us on there and say hi. Ask us again any questions you have about uh, hockey. If something cool happened with your favorite team that we maybe missed or didn't discuss, feel free to let us know, and we'll always make sure to to put it in in the next one and talk about it. As we want to, we want to talk about what you guys want to hear. You know, we we kind of cover just the big. A uh, picture of things happen in the league. Some things we find notable. We can't, we miss a lot of stuff because there's 32 teams. Every team playing 82 games, we're bound to miss stuff. But if you see something we didn't, um, feel free to let us know. And we'll make sure to to plug that in. And other than that, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next one.